Welcome back, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy to have you all back with us. Took a couple weeks off at a hiatus in there, just life getting too busy and in the way. But welcome back for this week's episode of the Sports Gospel here with Darren and Andrew. Maybe a bit of a shorter episode, see if I can uh, build in some more time next week for a jam-packed episode to get to a lot of stuff. But so much has happened in the sports world. We're going to mostly focus on NFL coming here down the home stretch and the NBA now that it's after Christmas and more of us are paying attention to the NBA. Uh, but before we get to that, a couple of things I want to run through really quick. We had your your guy, Patty Pimblett, in the UFC card. I went six for six on my picks, and then I forgot to actually submit my wagers. So I was quite furious with myself that I would have hit a six-fight parlay on that one. Uh, we had Shohei Hotani making a gajillion dollars going to the Dodgers. Hot stove in Major League Baseball we need to devote some more time to in the future. If you're me, you're getting destroyed on these bowl games. And as we have it today, thank you, Tulane, for laying an egg against Virginia Tech. But as we look there, anything quick on from Patty Pimblett to Shohei Otani to the early half of bowl season? Not really. We're we're just getting into the more watchable bowl games. Minnesota and Bowling Green didn't do it for you? Not quite. Well, looking at this here, we're going to start with the NFL and kind of look at the division by division race here as we get into the postseason. And I don't want to drone on too long about this because if you've listened to sports talk at all this week, they're all just talking about the same things all day, every day. But would you rather be Brock Purdy or Russell Wilson this week? Uh, Russell Wilson, so I don't have to go back out on the field and face criticism. <laughs> and get paid. $200 million to not play. Yeah. Getting paid a lot of money to not play. Uh, it, it may be embarrassing, but still, yeah. Um, I'd rather be Russ. Uh, we'll, we'll have more on Mr. Wilson in that situation here going forward. Uh, do you want to start AFC or NFC divisions? Yeah, we can start AFC and then go to the NFC. So looking here, AFC, just going on alphabetical on ESPN here, AFC East, the Dolphins have clinched a playoff spot. They have not clinched the division. Somehow, the surging Bills are still in this thing. Three straight wins for Miami. The Jets and the Patriots, as expected, have been eliminated from playoff contention, kind of where we expected both of those teams to be. Miami, two games up on Buffalo right now, and I believe they play the final week of the season. So as we look at the AFC East, do we think... Are we looking at both these teams in the postseason, and who's your division winner? Yeah, I do think we're looking at both these teams in the postseason, and I think we're looking at the, the Miami Dolphins as your division winner. The I am Miami may be my favorite in the AFC right now because the Chiefs can't get it together. Jacksonville's falling apart. In spite of what we saw on Christmas, I'm not totally buying this Ravens team. They We've seen them do this before where they get a high seed and – further it away in the playoffs. So Miami's the team I'm riding with. I've been a Tua for MVP pick since about midway through the season. But that Bills team is scary. They've been in on fire the last couple of games. It's weird that they're still fighting just to get in the playoffs, but if the Bills make it in, I think they could be that team that makes a run. I think Miami holds on to the division, maybe gets the two seed, but watch out for Buffalo. Yeah, I think the, the Bills are getting hot at the right time. Um, however... I'm all on the Ravens. I think what they did on Christmas night was rather impressive against a pretty good San Francisco 49ers team that obviously has a hole at the quarterback position. But 
um, that they need to fix. So, uh, but the, the Lamar is clearly the MVP. I think that's probably another conversation that we could have, but I think Lamar pretty much locked up the MVP unless something drastic happens over these next couple of weeks. And I really, really, really like this Ravens team, the, the way that they're trending. Uh, the We know what Lamar Jackson is. The offensive line, I think, is very stout. Zay Flowers has impressed me. I was waiting for them to find a true number one wide receiver. He may be that guy. And then the defense. It's the Ravens. You know they're going to have the defense. But Kyle Hamilton at safety, or uh, yeah, Kyle Hamilton, sorry. He was, on a lot of people's minds, the best player in the 2022 draft. Slid a little bit to them. Perfect place for your safety. Tall, long, athletic. He's going to be a forced watch in the future. And that defense is just so many guys. Like, oh yeah, he's still in the league. Jadavion Clowney is there, and Kyle Van Noy is there, and Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen leading the way. Uh, Odafe Owe. Gino, yeah. Gino Stone leading the NFL in interceptions it's just, from Iowa. So many guys on that defense. Marcus Williams, Marlon yeah. Humphrey. Just so many guys they can throw at you on the defensive side of the ball. So the Ravens are mm-hmm. scary. I just We've kind of seen Harbaugh and Lamar get here before where they're the king in the castle and they lose it when it matters. Sure. Sure. Uh, we're going to get treated to another good Ravens game this week because the Ravens are taking on the Dolphins this week. Go Dolphins. Yeah, it, it's just going to be fun. I mean, I kind of want the Dolphins to win as well, but I I think as a football fan, that's just going to be a great game to watch this week. We'll continue there talking about those Ravens. Control of the AFC North, they've already locked up a playoff bid and it feels like the number one seed I think is between at this point the Ravens and the Dolphins the Browns are in there right now and then the Steelers and Bengals are both above 500 so much of the league that this is a lesson in how much parity there is in the NFL most at least a third of the league is eight and seven or seven and eight the Steelers and Bengals both there at eight and seven I've been on the hype train that the Steelers are just going to find a way to get into the postseason both Cleveland being better than expected I'm feeling less good about that Props to Cincinnati for doing what they've been doing with Jake Browning. I don't know if he's doing enough to play himself into a maybe starting job somewhere else next year, or if he's just benefiting from being surrounded by the best complement of weapons in the league. So how many bids are we giving to the AFC North? Yeah, I'm going to go and say three, probably. I think it's definitely the Ravens, obviously in contention for that one seed, I feel like Baltimore's probably going to get it. Um, and then I would have to say that probably the Browns are in, and we got to talk about the Joe Flacco renaissance. I mean, Deshaun Watson went down for the year, and we thought, this is it. And the Browns have found a way to piece it together, and apparently Joe Flacco is playing well. So Amari Cooper just had a 300-yard day as well. Uh, so this team is kind of gelling, and they kind of have that scary defense, and Joe Flacco is doing just enough for them to be able to keep winning ball games. So I I really like the Browns to make it, and then I think the Bengals are going to make it, and the Steelers are going to end up getting left out. Can Joe Flacco win comeback player of the year? Or does he need to have more games? You know, he's only had like uh, at the end of the year. I don't think anyone's beating DeMar Hamlin for that award. Oh, yeah. So in any other year, I would say that Joe Flacco has, would be the front runner, but I, I don't think anybody's meeting DeMar Hamlin for that award this year. 
going down to the south. And if you have the Bengals in, that means you're dropping out one of these. A race that I thought the Jaguars were going to be lapping the field. And Trevor Lawrence is beat up. This team just kind of looks like they're falling apart coming down the stretch. The Jags have it right now, 4-1 and one in the division. The Colts are somehow, miraculously, Gardner Minshew has them at 8-7 and seven in the 7th seed right now. Great defense, a lot of great talent, even with questionable quarterback and an injured Jonathan Taylor. Here they are. So props to Shane Steichen for getting that team to where he's got them. The Texans are the 8th seed right now. Another, I think, D'Amico Ryan's in that Coach of the Year conversation. And then we don't have to worry about the Titans. They've been eliminated. But all of a sudden, we have a three-team race between the Jags, Colts, and Texans. Yeah. Um, I I still think the Jags are probably going to find a way to get it done. Um, unless C.J. Stroud comes back, then I could see the Texans getting it done. I don't know what to make of this division. I, I don't think any of these teams are true and serious Super Bowl contenders at all. Um, man, I, I don't know who I'm going to drop out. I'll put the Jags in and then let's see. I've got Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, the Jags winning the division. And so then my seven and then the chiefs are going to be in by virtue of winning the division. So there's my, uh, there's my seven. I think the Colts and the Texans are getting left out. Unfortunately. And with the news today, the AFC West feels like it's the Chiefs are going to end up running away with this. The Chargers may may be probably the most disappointing team. The Raiders have shown life, but they were just digging out too big of a hole. And then the Broncos putting Russell Wilson on the bench for the rest of the year. I was once a Jarrett Stidham fan. I thought, give him a shot, see if he can be the guy on an NFL team. And I think he's kind of fitting into that journeyman backup role. I don't think he's the guy to get them there. So I think I can write off the Raiders and the Broncos. The Chiefs have not looked good. I I don't know what the problem is. They seem dysfunctional. It just I think they're going to win this division, but they are ripe for the picking in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Kelsey is looking old and is not getting open in the same way. And they don't have the wide receivers around. Patrick Mahomes feels like they had a better crew of wide receivers last year. And uh, Pacheco was able to run the ball seemingly at will. They're just not the well-oiled machine on uh, offense that they were last year, and they have to try and win games with defense. And it doesn't always work. I mean, on with that Raiders game on Christmas, the Raiders didn't complete a pass past the first quarter and won the ball game. Like they completed a total of nine passes, and the Raiders won the ball game. So it's just a weird game. But Kansas City's like in that kind of scenario where there nothing is going right for them offensively, and uh, I have to say it, Taylor Swift has absolutely ruined the Chiefs. And That's I, it. that gotta just, be it. Same thing that happened when like was it Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson? You get the celebrity influence, and they completely fall off. Yeah. And. I don't feel bad if it's the Chiefs. I'm not a Chief hater, but I, I'm sick of the Swifty attention. Uh, quick question. Do the Chiefs get more calls than any other team in the NFL? Absolutely. So uh... when they're like the the Kadarius Tony thing and when there was all these other calls, I was thinking, isn't finally some finally a call goes against the Chiefs instead of them always getting it their way? 
yeah, finally something is going against them. Uh, but even beyond that, they were kind of showing signs of mortality. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I would be too intimidated if I'm uh, one of the lower AFC seeded teams and I have to go to Kansas City. Like a game with, with Joe Flacco walking into Kansas City, I could see Joe Flacco walking in and, and more specifically that Browns defense with the with Miles Garrett because Max Crosby was absolutely just wrecking the Chiefs this past uh Monday on Christmas. And Miles Garrett and the Browns pass rush is a little bit better than what the Raiders have to offer. Uh and anywhere you look kinda in the AFC, you're gonna have a pretty good pass rush coming against you and the Chiefs can't their their O line cannot pass block in a in a manner well enough for them to win. So they have real problems, and I don't know if there's really a solution. So I'm I think I'm mostly with you. I've got the I think the top six are going to stay, not necessarily in this order, but Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Jags, your division winners. I think the Browns are just too far ahead to fall back. The Bills are getting frighteningly good at the right time, and then that seven spot. I. Colts, Texans, Steelers, Bengals, any one of them. I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh just because they're Pittsburgh and they the winning culture, the mentality, they still have a solid defense. George Pickens can turn it on when he wants to. Najee Harris, the same thing. So I don't love the te- the Steelers, but I just think they're going to sneak in here and get over the Colts and the Texans. But the I think the well, three in the AFC that I have a chance, I think this is a Dolphins, Ravens, Bills chase to the Super Bowl. Honestly, I, I want to uh, see C.J. Stroud get into that seven spot and play either probably uh, Miami or Buffalo, whomever wins that division. I'm projecting Miami. I'd like to see C.J. Stroud in the playoffs as opposed to like Mason Rudolph visiting Buffalo or Miami on wildcard weekend. Uh, we don't need any more bad quarterbacks. I'd rather see Stroud. Lamar, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Mahomes, and then you'd have Flacco's kind of who's playing well, uh, but the AFC playoffs would be absolutely loaded in that scenario that I'm describing there. So ho- here's hoping that CJ Stroud can come back, Texans can win their last two games, sneak into that seven spot. Uh, it would definitely be a more fun storyline to have Mr. Stroud involved. Yeah. Uh, you want to flip over to the NFC side? Yeah, so kind of the same routine here. Start alphabetically with the East, where you could argue you have two of the three best teams in the Eagles and the Cowboys. Eagles really kind of stumbled the last couple of weeks, but they still have the lead here. They've clinched the playoff spot. Philly and Dallas have both clinched. The Commanders and the Giants are far behind. It's a two-team race. I think these are two of the three best teams in this postseason chase, and I know it's Dallas for them. We just refuse to ever trust them in the postseason, and Philly has looked off. But for me, it's these two and spoiler San Francisco, top of the NFC. Yeah, so here's I'm going to say something shocking. I think Detroit's going to get the one seed. I'm here for it. Yeah, the Lions, I, they had their last two games, they play at Dallas, and I think they're going to kind of spoil the, the Dallas party there in Dallas, and then I think, you know, they're going to beat the Vikings in a Week 18 matchup. So uh, I like them to 
come through and get that that one seed. That means that San Francisco, they're playing the Commanders this week. Jacoby Brissett starting. Uh, but I'm really looking at week 18 with them uh, hosting the Rams, a team who is hot right now, and Matt Stafford looking good. I think the Rams are going to beat the Niners, and they're going to need that uh, maybe for some positioning in the playoffs because they're trying to fend off both Seattle and Green Bay for that uh, six and or seventh spot. So the Rams need that game, and the Niners probably don't need that game as much. I feel like the Niners don't really care as much about their seeding. They're they're kind of confident in their team, even though they got exposed a little bit against the Ravens, but they don't have to worry about the Ravens until, you know, the Super Bowl possibly, if the Ravens were to make it and the Niners were to make it again. So I, I feel like Detroit's going to end up that one seed. Because they hold the tiebreaker over Philly, and I think they both end up thirteen and four. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. I think we're all kind of collectively cheering for Detroit. My concern is they get the one seed, and then for the first time, they're bounced right away in the playoffs. It. The, I think you're going to have a fun NFC race. Those top four: Philly, Detroit, Dallas, and San Fran. I would like to throw my Seahawks in there, but they're so Jekyll and Hyde that they're very hard to trust. I thought they were that team that could get hot at the right time, kind of like the Bills are doing and make a run. They're just so hard to trust. Whoever comes out of the South is going to be not good. Uh, three of those teams are still alive. Also, the Bear, the Bears are still mathematically can make the playoffs. They can. They won't. Um, the, the entire NFC North is all still alive. Minnesota's falling apart piece by piece. No cousins banged up Justin Jefferson and now no TJ Hawkinson. As much as I pick this Vikings team, they're, they're the eight seed right now. And I don't think they can get back in. The Buccaneers have somehow taken over the South, the Falcons. I'm, I'm still riding with the saints. I think the saints are going to get there. The South is just bad and Minnesota. And then there's your Packers. There's a log jam of seven and eight teams. And in seven teams. Yeah, so let's break down division by division. Detroit's obviously winning the North. That's locked up already. Uh, they're getting the one seed. Like I talked about, Philly, I think they're a little too far out in front. They're going to win the East, obviously, and I think they're going to lock into that two seed. That's going to put San Fran at 12 and five, locked into that three seed. And then I really like Tampa. They have matchup with the Saints this weekend and that really that matchup it's in Tampa and that's going to decide the division because Tampa visits Carolina in week 18. Carolina's not a good team. It's not that Tampa Bay is a great team, but they're certainly good enough to beat Carolina. Um so I've got Tampa Bay going 10 and 7 winning the NFC South and that means they're going to host probably the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, unless, yeah, they, I think Dallas is pretty much locked into that fifth spot no matter what they do uh, because they can't win the division, especially if they're going to lose to the Lions. Um, so, and that's how I see it. And then I see the Rams in the sixth spot, and I think Green Bay is going to win their last two games. They're, they play the Vikings in Minnesota. Like you mentioned, the Vikings are banged up. And then they play the Bears in Lambeau in week 18, and uh, they just own the Bears. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, Packers own the Bears. So that's going to set up seven-seeded Green Bay at second-seeded Philadelphia. 
that's how I see the NFC playoff picture shaking out. Spoken like a Packer fan. I I think the I think your top well the four best teams. I think Seattle's going to get that five. It it would be the most Dallas thing to get the five seed to be a twelve win team and then go lose in the first round at Tampa or New Orleans or Atlanta wherever it is. The right up the Cowboys alley to lose to an eight and nine team out of the South, the first round of the playoffs. It's, or nine and eight, or in this case, a 10 and seven. It's the Rams are the team that I can't figure out what I want to do with. They kind of snuck up on me. I thought this team was dead to rights weeks ago. And then since they're by, they have been on fire. I just don't know who I put in over them. Cause nobody in the South is good. The Vikings, as I mentioned, are terrible. I, I, I don't want to put your Packers in just to be, obstinate but I, I think i have the seahawks flipping i'll go seahawks six and Rams seven just because i can't figure out what else to do with that seven spot we need jordan love in the playoffs jordan love is is great by the way 27 touchdowns and 11 interceptions with one of the youngest receiving cores most inexperienced receiving cores in the nfl next two to three years if they keep that core together that that's going to be a special team um, so Jordan Love is kind of is good no matter what happens this last two weeks here. Jordan Love is good. Um, the Rams, they're hot. And in my scenario, I've got them facing off against San Fran. I would not be at all surprised, uh, if they beat the 49ers in a playoff setting. Um, that would mean that they, they beat the 49ers at home twice in a row in back to back weeks which seems sort of un- impossible, but uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, they are really, really, really rolling right now. And what we really need, what we really deserve, is a divisional round matchup between the Rams and the Lions in Detroit. The Stafford versus Goff uh, storylines, I, I, we need it. So... um and then you could have Philly, Dallas on the other side as well. Uh, meaning, you know, Green Bay would go to Philly, lose to Philly. And then uh, Dallas would beat Tampa Bay, New Orleans, whoever you have. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun, a lot of entertaining NFC playoff matchups there. Which team that we think is elite are you more concerned about? I guess we'll just say last year's playoff teams, Chiefs or Eagles. I'm I have a high level of concern about both. Um, I'm probably more concerned about the Chiefs, uh, but the Eagles defense does not look great. We thought it would all be elite, like it kind of was last year, especially the pass rush. But the secondary doesn't look good. Uh, anything beyond that front, that pass rushing front for the Eagles on defense doesn't look good, and you can run all over them, too. So you can pass all over them, you can run all over them. Uh, I am slightly more concerned about Kansas City because it doesn't seem like they can do anything well on offense. It seems like they have no real offensive threat at all that you have to be scared of and prepare for. At least with the Eagles, you have the threat of Hurts with his legs, uh, but it kind of looks like they're unhappy with each other as well. There's real chemistry issues, I think, in Philly that concern me. So I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if 
neither one of those teams won a game in the playoffs. It, it wouldn't shock me if they both lost on wild card weekend. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on in Philly. I think there's a lot to be said about what you're saying on the chemistry side that you know, AJ Brown was supposedly upset and there's, I don't know if it's kind of the old guard versus the new blood or if it's missing those coordinators to iron out the kinks or what it is. They're just, yeah, something looks off with them. The, I think the chiefs, the chiefs are the team I trust most to turn it on when Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed all get on the same page and, you know, Chris Jones and that Bolt, uh, Nick Bolton, that defense all come together. The chiefs are the team that I think can turn it on when they want to. The Eagles concern me a lot more, but both of them just something looks off both sides. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, yeah, there's there's something go- not right with both those teams. Uh, speaking of not being right, do we want to talk about the Detroit Pistons or do you have any M- uh, NFL stuff before we go to basketball? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's flip to the NBA and uh, the Detroit Pistons thing. I mean, this is getting historic levels of bad. Uh, um and there's not really any end in sight. And the other thing is, like, what are what are the Pistons tanking for? Are they like, tanking or are they truly this bad? No, I don't even th- really think they're tanking, honestly. They're just truly this bad. They're, the problems with the Pistons are just, like, so multifaceted and... I don't. I don't even know how you fix the Pistons, really. Well, I'm, I'm not even sure that you can fix the Pistons. Is that's what I'm wondering? Is it just the the wrong mix of guys? Is it Monty Williams? Is it a front office? You know, the kind of attitude and culture starts at the top. I've not watched enough Pistons. Again, I openly state that most of my NBA watching starts at Christmas. Just it feels like they have all these young guys. I've not been sold on Cade Cunningham like a lot of other people. But Killian Hayes has his moments. Marcus Sasser, uh, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, Osar Thompson. There's all these young guys that they're trying to. That's what I'm wondering. Is it just youth? But then you see a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder who are young and crushing it. So I'm trying to, yeah, trying to figure out what exactly it is about the Pistons that they can't put it together. Yeah, they don't have guys that fit into the right roles. It is not a coincidence that Cade Cunningham has his best nights when. Killian Hayes is not playing. Um, Killian Hayes should not be playing NBA minutes at all. Like that's a guy that belongs in the G League. Osar Thompson probably belongs there too, but the roster is so bad that they need someone to be up there uh, and playing for them. Jalen Duran has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. He looks good, and your best player is probably Boyan Bogdanovich but they should have traded him last year when they could have gotten a little bit of something for Boyan Bogdanovich. He's going to walk at the end of this year because he's a free agent. Uh, Isaiah Stewart doesn't exactly fit. Uh, it, look, it looks like they just took a bunch of, you know, chances on uh, former lottery picks. I mean, they have a ton of guys who were in the lottery. Kate Cunningham, Duran, Ivy, Bagley, Asar Thompson, Killian Hayes, James Wiseman. That's seven guys that were all former lottery picks on the team. Kevin Knox was a lottery pick as well. Eight guys. And they none of them have really panned out. Um, 
So it's trade time, right? They could trade Bogdanovich now, but they're not going to get much for him because he's a free agent at the end of the year. The time to trade him was last year. Uh, but it's blow it up, trade time, acquire picks, the Oklahoma City model that you mentioned. And I kind of wonder if they should almost trade Cade Cunningham. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, Bill Simmons introduced a really great idea about trading Cade Cunningham, and it was his idea was to trade Cade Cunningham to the Spurs hmm. and uh, pair Cade with Wemby and see if that kind of unlocks Cade because I don't think he's a top option. He's had some great games, though, recently with Killian Hayes on the bench, but I don't know. This is it's, – it's really – it's really crazy. And they've paid Monty Williams a whole bunch of money. So um, I know we're almost getting low on our time here, so I won't take up any more time talking about the Pistons. Just know this is one of the worst teams in NBA history. So quick uh, quick final point on this for reference. The all-time worst NBA record 82-game regular season, it was the Sixers in 1973, went 9-73. And then the Trust the Process 76ers in 2016, went 10 and 72. Are we, uh, are we thinking the Pistons are going to be in that company? Oh, almost assuredly. And like, especially if they start trading people and guys start checking out, not playing. I mean, we're there. We're two and 28. We are, we are 100% in that story right now. There's, there's a lot of teams that will only win 14, 15, 16, 17 games in a season. To, to be around 10, 11, 12 wins, you almost have to try to be that bad. And that's the crazy part about this is like in this day and age with uh, the rate that guys sit out in today's NBA, it's like you're not playing every team's best on a given night. It's like you, you really just have to be that bad to to be, have the record that they do. It's it's not like like the Wizards are just regular bad. Right, and that's kind of what we thought the Pistons would be, is just regular bad, where you would at least luck into a few more wins, right? catch some top teams on the wrong night, and they, they can't even do that. They can't even catch middle-of-the-pack teams on the wrong night. So they're in a very, very hopeless situation, and they've been re- rebuilding like this for basically a decade. Well, hang tight, Pistons fans. It'll get better someday. But Yeah, maybe. Probably not. Looking at the East, it feels like we've kind of seen the proverbial cream rise to the top, and we've settled into where we expect the season to be. Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers at the top. You've got the Heat and the Knicks and the Cavs in the middle. The beloved Pacers, everybody's falling in love with Tyrese Halberton, as they should, but the Pacers seem to have cooled. And then you drop down to the Nets, the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Raptors. So it does feel like a lot of these teams are where we thought they would be. I personally was a little bit higher on the Raptors and Bulls than they've shown, waiting for Cleveland to get right. But the team I didn't mention, sitting there at the four seed right now, my beloved Orlando Magic, which you talk about the Magic aren't all that different from the Pistons when you talk about the youth. They're all these young guys, Bogner and Bancaro leading the way there, and this young Magic team, and props to them. I, I really hope Orlando can hang on. They've cooled a little bit, four and six in their last ten. But happy to see the Magic mixing it up in here with these top teams. But really, to me, the East, you expect the Hornets and Wizards to be bad, and we expected the Celtics and Bucks and Sixers to be on top. 
Yeah. Uh, so the top three are kind of as expected. Uh, the Magic, they're not similar to the Pistons at all because they have drafted winning players and their roster actually makes sense now. Did you finally call Jalen Suggs a winning player? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm more talking about Fowler and Franz Wagner and then putting uh, Cole Anthony in kind of the six-man role off the bench. It's a perfect role for him. They've kind of figured things out. They've sorted things out and then they're growing. Right? It's the opposite of the Pistons where the roster construction doesn't make sense. Um, you mentioned the Cavs turning it around. I don't think that's going to happen, and I think there's a Donovan Mitchell trade to be made if I'm the Cavs. Hmm. I think uh, it's time to I, – I really think it's a real possibility that Donovan Mitchell gets moved this this next offseason. Um, I also think that Jared it might be time to move Jared Allen and roll with the Garland-Mobley combo and build around that because – Darius Garland was moving to a perennial all-star, and since they acquired Donovan Mitchell, his numbers have kind of tanked. I'd rather see what I got in Garland. It's a little bit like the Fox-Halliburton situation, but not quite the same. So um, the Bulls, yeah, they're in the 10 spot right now, but I think they're going to probably you know, blow up at a certain point in time, probably a Caruso trade, a DeRozan trade, a Vucevic trade. So I don't really expect the the Bulls to be in playoff contention at all going forward. The Raptors will probably also make some moves as well, like we mentioned before. So there's a lot of I don't think any of those top three teams one of those top three teams is who's going to represent the East. I know it's early but one of those top three teams is almost assuredly going to represent the East in the NBA Finals. We'll give these all a little bit more breath and time next week and in future episodes, sprinting through on a short episode this week. So I want to give about four minutes here to the Western Conference. Uh, the Spurs and Blazers are bad like we expected. The Nuggets are good. And then the Timberwolves and the Thunder, props to the two of them. The Clippers are somehow doing good things. Mavs and the Beam Team and the Pelicans in the middle. Uh, something is wrong with the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Suns. Definitely wrong with the Warriors and the Suns. There's not good body language there. I've heard Kevin Durant's unhappy. Shocking. Maybe we're, we're getting another Kevin Durant trade. I'm not shocked by this at all. I was not high on the Suns or really the Warriors, I don't think, preseason. Uh, maybe it was a little bit higher on the Lakers. Didn't see the, this Timberwolves thing coming. Um, I think the real story here, though, is that the Timberwolves is they are true finals contenders. Like the Gobert thing is working out next to Towns. Anthony Edwards is an alpha dog, and it seems like the team has realized Anthony Edwards is the alpha, which is exactly what they needed to do. I like Conley in his role. I like McDaniel's. He's an excellent wing defender. Uh, they've got they've got the right pieces if they remain healthy. I think they can uh, make us one of the best runs in playoff franchise history for that for that team. And then the Thunder, I was high on them preseason, so it's good to see them uh, living up to kind of the high expectations that I had for them as well. And then Luka, man, Luka Doncic has been awesome. Every bit deserving of maybe some MVP consideration. 
and the Nuggets, you know, kind of as expected, the train keeps on rolling. Kind of wonder if they'll make a Porter Jr. trade. Because um, he's kind of the fourth most important guy on the team. I could see a Porter Jr. trade. I, I really like the Pelicans, too. So I think there's a lot of good here that we can focus on. And we see some of the problem teams like the Warriors and the Suns. I just don't know if those teams are going to get it right. Uh, don't look now, but here come the Memphis Grizzlies. Winners of four straight as we record this. Yeah, uh, uh, 10 and 19 right now. That's a huge hole to climb out of. I mean, you're really going to have to turn on the afterburners. I'm not saying they can't do it, but uh, it's certainly a tough hill to climb. Also, like what Portland's shown, uh, I know their their record is bad. Again, they're just regular bad, but at least there's things that they can build around there. So that's kind of where we're at in the NBA. So with about 30 seconds left here, what is going on with Victor Wembanyama? The Spurs have the second worst record in the league. He does lead rookies in points and rebounds. Uh, his top five in minutes played behind Jaime Hawkins is number one. Uh, but what are we, are we worried about the Spurs or is this just Wemby has nothing around him? I'm I'm not worried about Wemby personally. Uh, you can see the greatness. I, I think uh, it's time to move on from Pop, and you need to get Wemby a real point guard, which is why I mentioned the Cade Cunningham trade. Because whether or not you think Cade is a superstar, he would be a real po- NBA point guard for Wemby to play with, and that would be good. So. Not concerned. Need to get Wimby a point guard and obviously a lot more help. And then the Spurs will take off in future years. Well, we will be back next week running short on time just for technology reasons. Had to do a short episode this week, but we thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week with way more NBA, NFL, bowl game, and a little bit of everything here as we roll into January and our first episode of 2024. 